And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. This is episode number 106, December uh, 6th, 2018. So uh, thank you all for coming to join us. And I do have to start this off by saying a huge thank you to everyone last week who listened to the end of the podcast. Um, I put that little blurb in there as a, a last minute thing. Thought it would be kind of fun and I thought we might get like one or two people and I could, you know, send something fun or give a shout out. But I ended up getting 79 people who emailed me or messaged me saying, yeah, I listened to the end of the podcast. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, we, apparently we have a, a very responsive audience. And those are the people who not only listened to the end of the podcast, but then took the time to contact me. So what uh, uh, what, what happened? What did you say? Yeah, um, the, the, the other co-hosts <laughs> don't actually listen to our podcast. So. I can't listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how anybody else does. I'm glad they do, but I don't want to hear me talk. Uh, so for those of you who didn't know it, at the very end of it, after the music died out i just put a little blurb in there of, hey if you listen to the end of this please send me a message thank you wow. it's just one of those fun old throwbacks um, so, a little easter you. egg in there you know <laughs> yeah so um, we have a yeah. special guest today <laughs> before we forget before we get to the end of the podcast and forget that we have a guest <laughs> on the show yeah welcome uh, paul pinto um who does forging and other creative cr creative crafts on youtube uh, so well, why don't we have why don't we have Paul introduce himself? Hey, Paul, where's the fun in that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, tell us about well, yourself, man. Uh, uh oh, did we lose him? Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, so that was our special guest, Paul Pinto. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> one uh, syllable guest. I'll send back, a Paul? message on Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's start with uh, let's start with what we've been working on this week and see when he catches up. So, um, Zach, what you got? Where's my list at? Here we wait. <laughs> no, there we go. Okay, I found it. Um, man, just cranking out hammers uh, all day long. So many hammers. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's 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 it's. I've been busy. So I've actually, I was fortunate enough this past, I think, week or two to, to kind of work on some new designs and uh, did like a prototype of a dog's face or dog's head hammer, dog head, dog's head hammer. I was, for some reason, I always <laughs> pluralize the wrong word. Um, I don't even know what that is. It's so, it, you know, I think, I think they should just call them like beveling hammers because <laughs> it's a lot of people use it for like putting ne uh, bevels on uh knife blades so they're they're forward weighted there's it's like a hammer with only one end and usually it's so it's heavily forward weighted so it's it's easy to uh align because it always wants to fall the same way so it's it makes it easier to keep to put consistent bevels on things so uh yeah made one of those and learned a lot. I think it's going to work really well. So I'll probably start introducing that to, to kind of the hammer varieties. Cause up to, up till now, I've pretty much only done, uh, rounding hammers and claw hammers. And like, I've done a couple of chipping hammers, but I think what keeps it fun for me as much, you know, as much fun as I'm having doing just the one or two designs it I've done like 50 between mostly the two designs and I'm ready to kind of branch out and explore some different designs and uh, styles and that sort of thing to keep things interesting. So 
I need to kind of actually stop taking orders for a bit so that I can develop some okay new styles. Oh, you're back. Yeah, my internet just totally went out for a second. I don't know oh, what happened. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about move that. rooms. Oh, strange. Cool. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, so, yeah, just uh, forging a ton of hammers. And like I said, trying to come up with some new designs and stuff. Um, actually, Paul, have you ever, you've probably done some uh, dog head hammers. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I did one of those before. I, I like it a lot for, especially for forging blades and stuff. Yeah, I just made it. It like keeps my hand further away from like the hot metal. And sometimes yeah. when I'm like doing really detailed work, my hand heats up so much because of the being close to the metal. So it kind of helps with that. I know you just made one, right? On a, yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, it's like my prototype. Um, and, you know, I thought at first I was like, man, because there's so many different designs, like, a lot of them have the head actually like tilted in at a very acute yeah. angle so that you, yeah so that your wrist is more upright when you're pounding and different weights and different lengths and stuff i just did i think mine's like a pound and it's straight and i was thinking that like i, I wouldn't like it i was mm -hmm. thinking like oh, maybe i do want to angle it or maybe i want one that has more weight but i just tested it out the other day beveling some stuff and it seemed to work really really well so i might not mess with it I yeah i like your your hammers too because they're they're like lighter and smaller and like everyone's making such big heavy hammers including me like i really want to try and use some lighter hammers now after I need, seeing i need to send you i need to send you one of mine oh i gotta send we're you doing, one of mine we gotta, we we're gotta doing uh i'm starting this this like hammer swap thing amongst <laughs> uh amongst other renowned i don't want to say renowned but what i don't well want to happen well, I mean, because they, they're a lot of work. So, But a lot of people who are like making nice hammers, I'm doing hammer swaps with them because I'd love to have like a collection of everybody's hammers because I just think it's such a cool thing. Well, um, I, think that's a, I think that's a good segue now that we have Paul back to have Paul tell us, you said you were making hammers. What do you do, Paul? What do you um, do? Well, right now um, I'm a blacksmith, a YouTuber, and um, – uh, I do some right now. I'm actually doing a steel fabrication job too. So I do a little bit of everything. I started with woodworking, um, but I ended up gravitating more towards metalworking. And I still like to to use both wood and metal in some of my projects. Um, but that's mostly what I do. I'm mostly a blacksmith who focuses on making tools, um, and I make some knives every once in a while too. Cool. Yeah. Everything. I mean, if you guys aren't following Paul on uh, YouTube or Instagram, definitely. Definitely at least at least check it out because what are you, how old are you again? Nineteen. I just turned nineteen. What? Nice. Yeah. And the work that he's doing, like the work that you're putting out is it's really good. And nothing about it screams that says like that you're new to it or that Thank you, you. Know, like it's everything is you have standards, I'll put it that way. Cause there's Thank a lot of people. You. I appreciate that, it. There's a lot of people that are putting stuff out there. And not that I'm like knocking it, but uh huh. Yeah. You know that Ah, it doesn't look like a product. Everything that you make is like very. I, I know what you mean. Sellable. <laughs> your like your bull ads was making me drool. Oh really? You? I'll make you one. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, every, everything you make you could would fit would be at home in a store. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like yeah. That's, that's funny because like that. Like most of everything I make, like that ads, that was the first time I've ever made one. Like I had no clue what to do. I kind of just like knew the shape I had to make and I kind of just 
went off that. But like most people don't realize that every one of my videos, normally that's the first time I've ever like forged that thing. So it's kind of cool to, to see how I do and like people critique, critique it and stuff, but, um, everything normally comes out pretty good. I couldn't, I mean, I watched the, I've seen a few of them. I haven't seen the ads one yet, but the anvil that you forged was pretty sweet. The little mini anvil. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I gave that to Bobby Duke. He used it in, um, one of his last videos. Yeah. Yeah. And your, uh, your YouTube's actually been blowing up pretty quick, right? Yeah. The past two months have been crazy. Like ever since I went to maker fair and I met everybody, like it just took off from there. I had like 2000 subscribers, um, in the beginning of October and now I'm about to hit 20. So yeah, that's, that's great. Awesome. That's great. This yeah. communities. I mean, it's invaluable going to these meetups oh, and, yeah, and really yeah. getting the networking and that sort of thing. So 100%. anybody who's listening, who hasn't been to like a maker event, try and get one on your calendar for 2019. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's great alone, just meeting everybody. It's amazing. But, but just the, the networking and the connections that you make are pretty amazing. I've never been to one. I've never been to a single maker organized event. Do it. We Make it happen. Should. Yeah, Make I would go. It happen. Workbench con is the one that I'm pushing. I mean, if you're going to go to one, I think that is like the, that's the big one. Everybody is there. And uh, last year was a great time. Uh, I'm going out to make her actually, this year. Will, you're speaking there, right? I am. Yeah, I'm speaking. Yeah, so there, you're going to be there. That, It'll be my go. first one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're speaking with um, with Rick Lefebvre. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and then I'm I'm giving life. a talk yeah. with Paul Jackman. Yeah. So, Paul, are you going? I got to get my ticket. I'm I'm definitely going to go, but I keep forgetting to buy it. Yeah. I it's, think it's, it's on sale until the fifteenth. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely gonna make it to that one. It's a it's a fun time. Um, yeah, and you actually made your own hydraulic forging press too, right? Yeah, that's actually something that in the next week or two I'm gonna start to like kind of rebuild. Yeah. That's yeah, just because after after seeing that coal ironworks one up at Jimmy's, like I I just need to beef mine up a little bit. I'm gonna change the cylinder out on it so I get some more uh, some more pressure and. I really had no clue what I was doing when I made one. Like I, there was, there's very few videos online about making them. Um, and so I kind of just winged it and it's worked up until now, but it's kind of, it's a little sketchy right now. So I got to redo the thing. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I've always been of the mindset when you can, it's like, I always want to buy a, a known properly functioning thing before I try and make it myself. Yeah. That's a good idea. Obviously that's hard to do with the press Yeah, uh, because you, you know, you don't usually have enough between the couch cushions to afford a hydraulic forging press, <laughs> but just being able to actually maybe not even buy it, but like it does make it exponentially more difficult to make something if you haven't used uh, yeah. like a known proper one. Like, That's cause then true. you don't know what your target is, you know, when you're trying, when you're trying to go from scratch and you just have an idea of how it's supposed to perform versus having actual experience using one that is known to function properly. But yeah, still, I, nonetheless, agree with that. I mean, the one that you've made has obviously performed well. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad. It's just, it's the, the I beam that I used is, is way too small. And the cylinder that I used, the stroke is way too long. It's like a 36 inch stroke. Oh, it really needs to be like a 12 inch stroke. Hmm. Um, 
And the tonnage that I'm getting out of it is not enough. Um, it's like maybe like 15, 14. I'd really like yeah. 25 or 30. So that's what I'm going to yeah. push for for the next uh, update. Nice. So how did you get into like, how did you start getting into like making and, and blacksmithing and all that stuff? Like, um, what was the I always, there? I was always, oh, my dog's barking right now. <laughs> um, I always like made stuff as a kid. Um, whether it was like model airplanes or, or like little drones and stuff. Hold on. <laughs> um, but let me grab this dog for one second. Sorry, guys. No <laughs> that's usually it's usually me. <clears throat> well, anything we want to talk about and that we've been working on? How about you, James? Um, well, I'm doing a video on inlaid dovetails. I know it's not metalworking, but uh... I saw those. <laughs> Those are, yeah, those are, you did a fantastic job on those. I looked at that for like a minute trying to figure out how you'd even go about doing that. And then I just stopped looking. God, I'm a, I'm a mess today. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I always made things as a kid. I started out with like model planes and, and making drones. Um, and then I started woodworking. Um, and then gradually I, I saw blacksmithing on the internet. I made a little forge. Um, oh my God. um <laughs> and then it just kind of took off from there for the first year i wasn't really doing like much blacksmithing i had an anvil and a forge but i made like a couple bottle openers like a knife or two um but then when i found like liam hoffman's channel and like alex Steele, then i knew i had to kind of take it to another level and i built my press and i started making axes and and hammers and stuff so nice that's pretty much it yeah so what's like what's your or what do you sell the most of definitely hammers yeah 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 oh, just out of curiosity so that i can figure kind of balance it like how many like how many how how many do you think you sell like um, in a given in a given maybe period? in a month uh yeah. i don't know maybe like 10 or 15 yeah it's not it's not crazy right now, um, but I sell some other stuff on there too. It's um, it's really it blows my mind how many people like the demand for forged hammers. It's yeah, there's a there's a good amount of people that want them, and there's a lot of people making them too. Yeah, it's it's surprising to me, but I don't know. I think it's I think it's uh, I mean obviously it isn't as much as I'd like to say like oh you need to have this super nice custom forging hammer to be able to do stuff you really don't and and i think mm -hmm. that's actually really cool that people are paying for the craftsmanship and they're paying yeah. for the time and the effort and the thought that that went into making them because honestly i mean you don't need a 150 200 however much hammer to do basic forging yeah uh, you can go to the hardware store and you know well they don't really sell yeah but you can go to like store, blacksmith but... depot or something they have yeah. hammers for like 30 bucks that'll they'll pretty much do the same thing yeah exactly so yeah. i i think it is really neat that people you know are, are willing to to support the the makers in the community it's it's really nice now granted there are certainly you know everybody's got their own style and stuff and mm -hmm. you know like I can't stand most of the the handle shapes from like the store-bought handles like that yeah they're I not that great 
hammers, but their handles are like the worst thing in the world for my hand. So there's certainly, you know, pros to, to getting something custom made. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And I think they last longer too. Like I have a, a hammer from a hardware store like Home Depot and the face of it is so mushroomed out. It's crazy from driving drifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like almost unusable. And then if I compared it to like, one of the hammers I made, like actually my first hammer that I used to drive drifts a lot, H13 drifts. Um, and it's, it's beat up a little bit on the face, but it's not mushroomed out at all. So the quality is definitely, um, going to be different if you're going to buy something at like Home Depot or a hardware store, but, um, it'll definitely get the job done for a while. If you wanted to go that route. Did, um, did, what did you use to forge your first one? 1045? Um, yeah, actually, no, it was actually, um, 4140. Yeah. Yeah. But I like 1045 a lot better. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good steel. It's, it's hard enough, but it's not harder than your anvil, which is what I like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to, to quench in water. It's pretty forgiving, mm-hmm. um, to heat treating it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Or he's like, uh, uh, James, what are you working on? Uh, well, we're talking about the inlaid dovetails, but I did, yeah. uh, I did, uh, um, I decided to actually make it a live video and show each individual step very clearly about how it was all done. And so I, I did the first half of it this week and I'll be doing the second half of it next week. Uh, cause it is a, it, it's not a hard joint to make. It's just very time consuming cause you have to do dovetails twice plus a few other steps in there for each individual joint. So it's a, it's it's time consuming, but it's worth it, I think. Um, let's see what else we have. Oh, I did a, another little present a ball and a block, um, an old old traditional thing of you know how do you get like a one inch marble inside of a wooden block? So it's kind of a, a cool Christmas gift idea. But uh, that's about it. I'm actually going a little slower in the shop this week. What nice. about you, Will? Well, uh, at about eight o'clock last night, I finished up the cherry shaker dresser uh and right after this podcast i am driving to the client's house and delivering it uh i am floored on how it came out i think it turned out just awesome i mean uh you know the inset door uh drawer faces uh i won so there's like that perfect uh five playing card fit because <laughs> um, I use playing cards as shims um, to get my spacing right around all the drawer faces um, and just uh, just the, the project just turned out really cool so I'm really excited to deliver it I hope the client loves it um, I also picked up about 120 board feet of 20 year old air dried five quarter walnut 12 and a half feet long um, that, that I'm going to make those, uh, the bar tops out of that I keep talking about that I haven't started yet because I was trying to source material for it. Um, so I've got about a thousand dollars of, uh, walnut sitting in my shop right now that's just <laughs> looking at me. Uh, and yeah, and I'm going to start designing a knife case, uh, for a friend, um, to display their, their knife collection. Uh, so Cool. So yeah, that's what I got. Um, anything else? I feel like I've just been running at like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it's that time of year. I feel like 
November, December are always hectic. Yeah. Are, yeah. Are any of you guys making Christmas presents? Me, I am. <laughs> A I lot. The annoying rush of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like are any of the people that are going to receive the presents listening? Can we talk about them? I don't know. Yeah. James, I've, I feel like everybody listens to you. <laughs> like your mom's usually in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, um, this year, I, rather than actually making them all at the beginning of the year, I've actually spread out the presents and hold, held on to them. Um, so it's kind of a – I'm trying to do it the smart way, but we'll see. <laughs> I still have a couple left to make, and I don't have – I'm not going to do any on the lathe this year. Which is the the quick and easy way. I've had I've had a lot of wives and girlfriends of makers order hammers for me. So if you're uh, listening, cool. if you're listening, you might be getting something. Or horribly disappointed. Or horribly disappointed, <laughs> and then you can order something. Yeah, you just be like, yeah. uh, "Oh, I know my wife. She's definitely getting me a hammer." And then like Christmas comes, and you're like, "Oh man, socks." <laughs> <laughs> have you guys no. heard that song uh, no. that new Christmas song about getting socks for Christmas uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's, it's funny I, I don't know who sings it my wife played it for me uh, anyway I'm getting off topic that's alright that's what we do that's right. uh, so Paul what's like what's what's up and coming for you I mean you said obviously you're gonna you know rebuild your press and stuff but like what uh, what new frontiers are you looking forward to like exploring and getting into um well right now i'm just trying to finish up this big uh steel job that i got i have to make this like steel mezzanine for a restaurant um and that's been taking up like a lot of my time the past few weeks yeah it's a it's a really big project it's all like engineered and everything um so i've been at the site like like coping the i-beams drilling holes for the clips and stuff and i'm actually about to put the um the columns up and stuff today and hopefully install it soon um yeah but after that i want i gotta start making more videos again um i took a little break because of this job but i want to make a couple more axes um maybe do some non-blacksmithing projects too i have a couple things in the works yeah Uh, switch it up a little bit maybe paul do you feel uh because you're obviously doing this uh, you know on location job Mm -hmm. um do you feel like me or I hate doing like built-ins and because I had to like, like take everything out of my shop where everything's like perfectly placed. I know where everything is like put it in the back of the truck, like get yeah. to the clients, whatever the job. And then, Oh, you figure out that one thing. So you have to make do without it until the next day. And it's, it's almost more of a pain than taking than not taking those jobs. Yeah. Uh, what do you, like, I mean, like, so you're deep in this job right now. Are you excited about it? I mean, obviously it's going to pay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Talk about it's, that for a minute. <laughs> it's, um, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's not the same as working uh, out of your shop, just having all your tools available and like bringing stuff back and forth kind of sucks. Um, but there's not actually a ton of tools that I need. It's like I need a mag drill, some angle grinders, um, an oxyacetylene torch, um, we actually rented a forklift for this job because it's it's so big to move the beams around. So I have a forklift there. Everything was pre-cut. Um, and so it's it's been good so far. Everything's been pretty smooth. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I know what you mean, though. It's definitely trickier, like working away from your shop, especially in a place where there's no tools at all. I have to bring everything in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how much steel are you using like for this thing? Um, I think big. it was like six or seven thousand pounds like there's big big i beams they're like 12 inch i beams 20 feet long um it's it's some big stuff but it's actually i mean that that's crazy that you're you say you just turned 19 yeah yeah you just turned 19 and you're like doing these gigantic like industrial stuff for restaurants that's crazy yeah it's it's pretty cool i mean it's it's not that complicated of a job it's like seven columns and then girders and beams running over the top of the columns and i'm actually tying them into um, a few of the columns that are already in the restaurant because it's all open right now there's there's big yeah. steel beams the ceilings are like but still that's pretty tall. ambitious i mean even if like yeah. the design is simple and stuff like just actually getting out there and like getting you know getting that job and willing to I mean, that's like, even for me, that, that would be like a scary thing. Like, man, yeah, like I I'm, have all this steel in this, this place and like this, that's per, that's insanely ambitious. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm like petrified to make a mistake. Like I'm always double checking <laughs> everything, be. like calling the engineer, <laughs> like making him come back and look it over with me. Um, but luckily nothing is, has gone wrong so far. Knock on wood. Um, so that's really awesome. So being someone that started his own business at 18 also, um, I, I remember, you know, so I started my photography business when I was 18. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember it was hard to get those clients because I was 18. Like, it didn't matter what yeah. my work looked like. Yeah, but people yeah. were saying like, like, ah, like, I like his work, but, you know, he's so young. Like, you know, what if he's flaky? What if he's... Um, and not that I was flaky, not that you're flaky or anything, but I think mm-hmm. that's the kind of mindset that so people you're have. Against, yeah. So yeah. I think that's awesome that a restaurant would say like, Hey, like, let's give this job to this 19 year old guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's a big, but the you cool know, thing is like, a lot of you have that on your, in your resume, it's like that opens mm-hmm. up the door to. Yeah, know. definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, how, now, how you know, you get that. Um, it's someone we knew it's actually yeah. like they, it's like in a, in a shopping center. Oh, cool. And I think the deal was that the owners of the shopping center needed to do this because it's a new restaurant opening up. So that was the deal. Like they had to build this for the restaurant. Um, and so we know the person who owns the shopping center and, and, um, yes, yeah, so that's basically how I got it and they let me do it. So. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely resume, resume building. Yeah, Definitely. Um, and now I'm an old geezer and people, you know, just assume <laughs> that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Well, we have some questions. Yeah. Uh, James, do you want to read the question or you want me to read the questions? Oh, That's I was actually your... reading. Oh, let's go with uh, Handcrafted by Ons. Uh, do you guys feel like you get stuck making things you aren't necessarily excited about this time of year uh, because their orders or their, their orders are they more common? Uh, so I guess the question is, do you feel like you get bored making things that you know will sell or, or do we get bored? Or things that you have to make for family. I think we should broaden um, the question. Well, go ahead. I'll let you guys answer. I feel like <laughs> that, that kind of hits close to home on a few things for me. Yeah. Well, I feel like we are all kind of a different, you know, like Zach, you're making a bunch of hammers, um, because you like making hammers. Uh, where I'm, you know, more custom 
adventure. Uh, and then this time of year, I guess, yeah, I'm making a lot of presents and stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm just going so fast that I don't have time to stop and think about what I'm making. Like, I'm just like, all right, this has to get done. Then this has to get done. Then this has to get done. And like on to the next yeah. thing, like while the glue dries on that thing, I'm sanding this thing over here where I'm planing this or milling stock or, you know, so I feel like in January, I'll think back on everything that I made and be like, whoa, I yeah. don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah. What about you, Anybody? Paul? You, do you have a, are you under that pressure this time of year? Um, a little bit. I have a, I have a lot of orders that need to get finished up and shipped out. Um, but like most of the stuff I make and sell, like I enjoy making, so it's not, it's not that bad. I, I try to sell stuff I like making and or like I'm passionate about. So, and then just finishing up this job, the steel job, but the, the steel job's kind of exciting for me. So I've enjoyed going there every day. Yeah. When does that do? Um, I'm trying to get it done by maybe the the middle of next week. There's not the good thing is there's not really a tight deadline, um, but I'm gonna try and get it finished up by like mid next week. Fun, yeah. Cool. All right, Zach, do you want to broaden your question now? Sure. Well, I think just in general, like, do you ever get wrapped up into making things that you will sell and lose the excitement about it, regardless of what time of year it is? I think that's yeah. that's a huge issue for. A lot of people and yeah, I, I, I get really a lot of people who uh, who see my videos and like oh yeah he's a woodworker and so i get i get people all the time i mean literally two to three times a week i'll have someone say hey james can you make this um and you know a lot of times they're they're interesting ideas but it's it's run-of-the-mill boring things like you know pine board that's been stained and and they, they just want something cheap and quick um but don't understand the the level of work that goes into it or what I actually do. Um, yeah. And so I, I find it very difficult a lot of times to turn people down. Be like, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Or just give them the price, you know, on this is what I, this is the way that I would do it. And I'm not going to compromise on that. Yeah. Um, it's the go away like, price. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, I feel like I just did that like last night. Um, so every time I post a project, you know, like a finished project, that's always like my, you know, most liked photo on Instagram or Facebook, you know, of the, the entire build process is the, you know, the kind of aha moment. Um, and then I usually get, yeah, I usually get like two or three emails or something that's like, wow, that thing was awesome. Like, you know, can you make one for me, you know, or my mom? So I just finished this project last night and then I get an email from, uh, somebody I went to elementary school with, you know, Hey, can you make a small 15 by 15 inch table for my mom's chessboard? And I was like, yeah, send me a picture of, you know, a, a similar design of, you know, kind of the vein that you're thinking. And uh, it was a really simple table and I, you know, plugged in the, you know, materials cost and figure out my day rate. And I sent them back and it was like a, you know, a $600 table or something like that. Uh, but it was, you know, custom woodworking and that was kind of like the like what do you mean it's six hundred dollars you know so i i get what you mean james about you know can you make me this I, crappy thing i have the i have the nice out of being i'm a hand tool woodworker and so i'll often quote them the price of if i had power tools i would charge you this much and if i since i have hand tools i'm going to charge you this much and then they're like oh yeah but then I regularly get someone who's like, oh, I have a few power tools you could use. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you, Paul? I get that sometimes. I get a lot of emails like someone wants a, a knife or something with an in- integral bolster and like, and like they think they're going to get it for like 150 bucks. It's just like not going to happen. And then sometimes I'll get comments like, like, oh, can you just send me one? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I, th- those are always, it's like the, you know, like working a job and people are like working hard, hardly working. It's like, it's not yeah. funny anymore. Or like the, you know, like it doesn't have a price tag. Does that mean it's free? Like that? Yeah. That, that will never be funny. Like the most you will ever get from that is like somebody going, huh, like that fake laugh <laughs> just to like get you to stop talking. Like, don't yeah. ever say that. Don't ever say it doesn't have a price tag. Does that mean it's free? Like people instantly lose respect for you. Same thing is just, just don't ask for stuff for free. It's just not yeah. funny. <laughs> it's just, I've know? had like, like tool review channels, like comment. And like, oh, can you send me some of your your tools so I could review them on my channel? And I go and look, and there's like three subscribers. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I would, but I really can't. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's a lot It'd be of, if I get something returned. Yeah. yeah, it'd be different if you're collaborating, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you but to backtrack a little bit, like that uh, the epoxy file handle video thing that I did. I've probably gotten. <laughs> 200 emails of people wanting to buy those and or wanting me to make them and i just after like responding to like 20 or 30 emails i just stopped responding to them like i just yeah i I really try my best to get back to everybody but sometimes it's hard and Yeah. yeah so that that definitely happens but uh going even further back to uh derek's question on you know do you ever do you ever feel like you get stuck making stuff because it will sell and you're not excited about it? Um, I think that's like, that's like the warning. Like that's like yeah. the the danger zone is when you start getting into that. And I feel like a lot of people get into that, especially in the maker community and they, they, they start out and they're like, all I need is one product. I need this one thing that I can perfect and make hundreds of them and make, make it profitable. I feel and like that's a trap. I feel like that's a trap because as soon as you, and, and I tell people this all the time, as soon as I wake up and I go, I have to go out to the shop and forge hammers today. It's time to do something else. <laughs> it's time to yeah. go back to, uh, you know, make a f- piece of furniture or change, come up with a new design or come do something else. Like, as soon, like, that's why I can't, this is, this is why I'm unemployable. Is <laughs> not do the same thing indefinitely. Like, so and I think that we're like, we're brought up to think that like, you know, specialization, like you can only be good at one thing. I think that is nonsense. I think, I think you, people are great at one thing as long as they're interested in it. And as soon mm-hmm. as they lose interest in it, they stop being great at it. They start cutting corners. They start thinking about how to do it cheaper. They start thinking about how to, how to do it faster. And then like that, that soul or that, that whole like mojo or whatever you want to call it, like it's lost. As soon as you don't enjoy doing it, it's gone. It's over. It's time to do something else. Like, so uh, in that same vein, I, I think that we can explore doing things smarter um, so, you know, like furniture makers that have a certain furniture design, you know, a bench, a chair, a table, something that they put a name on, like this is the, 
you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Monticello books or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, making templates, you know, to make repeatable cuts, to make repeatable, making patterns, to make that process go faster, to get that out of the way, to make the things that you do want to make. Like, to, you know, to to afford this, you know, lifestyle of, of making, you know, you need to make money. You need to sell, whether that be, you know, by doing educational videos and appearances and having a blog or to actually sell the product um, that you're making. I, you know, not all work is fun. I mean, you can still be passionate and not like certain aspects of your job, right? Oh, absolutely. Like grinding yeah. sucks always. I yeah. hate spending time in front of the grinder. I hate orbital sanding. Like I don't like, <laughs> I don't like standing in the, if I'm standing in the same place for more than 30 seconds, I don't like that activity. Like if, if my feet don't, <laughs> I want to do something else. Um, no, absolutely. And I totally see what you're saying. I think that there's like a different approach though. I think, and I think that's how you, how you get into it. Like if you got into this for money, then production is like the, that's the, that's the king. Like you want to, you want to hire employees and automate the process and get machines yeah. and like sit that's when you, the computer and eat junk food and just have stuff be made for you. Like yeah, that, that's I, when you read the book, the four hour work week. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think there's a different approach. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the maker community, we're not production. We're not trying to run factories. We're, we're really, we're creative. We're designing, we're coming up with ideas. We're in, we're engaged in what we're doing. And I think that, you know, and I'm maybe only speaking for myself, but I, I want, you know, I want to, I want to always be chasing something. I always want to be chasing ideas and, and new designs and that sort of thing. And it doesn't mean that I'm only going to make one of everything. Like I'm still enjoying making hammers. I've made 50 of them. Um, you know, so to keep that interesting, I'll maybe change some, come up with some new ideas, designs, whatever. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with if you're a one man shop or a small product, like limiting your production can be a really good thing. Um, you know, it's it, it's I made 10 of these and they're sold. And now I'm now I'm going to change them a bit and sell those. And that way, you know, it's companies, giant companies do that all the time. Um, they'll limit production of certain things to increase the value of it. You know, if it's yeah. and I think you know, I get, I get a good price for the hammers that I forge. And I think it's because I don't advertise them. You can't go to my website and order one. Like you have to send me a message and I can't keep, I can hardly keep up right now. And you know, it's, so I think there's, there's certainly like a balance between, um, you know, production and, and artistry and, and like yeah. one-offs are kind of neat. I mean, I, I enjoy that sort of thing. Or yeah, one-offs, but limited production. I mean, it's yeah. so that's that's just my take. I mean, I don't know. Cool. Well, do we uh, do we want to get into the creators photo challenge this week, or do we want to hold that off a week? Uh, I think since we all have picks, uh, cool. yeah, let's jump into it real quick. Uh, Zach, you've got uh, some listed. What you uh, what you like? Uh, hold on. <laughs> I have so many like tabs open on my computer. It takes you, me you don't know how many comments I've gotten of like, I love it when you catch Zach off guard. That's always <laughs> like, just stop talking. Like I just, I just wrapped up a rant. So I figured I had a few seconds. Yeah. Should we ask you about the weather in Florida? And so it's beautiful. It's like 48 <laughs> degrees. I went outside and I was saying that, that I saw 
you know, my I saw steam out of my coffee. I know James is going to correct me, but uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, Wait, so Paul, Paul, where are you? I'm in Connecticut. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were down in Florida with Zach, and I no, I do go to Florida though, okay. sometimes over the winter because, like, my sister, she like rides horses, and she she spends like a couple months down there every year. So I go down there a lot though. But yeah, yeah, I'm mostly in Connecticut. You ever been down here in the summer? Um, <laughs> um, kind of like in the late spring. It's yeah. Florida's a, an interesting place. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, do you do you hate Florida as much as Zach does? If Florida is Florida's just bizarre. Like I don't really know what it is to be honest with you. I don't either. It is. It's 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 very. Strange. That's what I was asking him when we were when we were at Jimmy's house. I'm like, how did you end up in Florida? It's like <laughs> I lost it's a such, bet. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, what you got, oh, okay, okay. Wait, I'm scrolling. Okay. Uh, so- <laughs> There's so many good, like, I think this is the best challenge we've done. Really I think good, so, too. Like, Absolutely. A yep. couple of reasons. Like, it's just, it, it does. Like, I think Dave was saying whenever we started yeah. this thing. So our listeners know uh, the challenge was the big picture, self-inclusion. So we're looking for you in the shot. It, it, yeah, but David, I think, who came up with the idea when he was a guest on the show, was talking about context. And it really does. Like, it adds an entire dimension like it really personalizes the image like it's it just adds like a soul to the image instead of just an object it's something is taking place something is happening because uh-huh. yeah. most of the other stuff it's passive it's just like a tool mid cut or a thing you know but having the person there actually really adds a lot of depth to it so i think this has been my favorite photo challenge just judging by the <laughs> pictures and so many of them were really good that it was it was difficult for me to pick two uh, the two I chose, um, I chose Fieldstone Arts for one. It was a black and white, and it was just the hands and feet. That was really cool. Um, that was cool. Yeah, if you guys want to see the pictures, you can look up Creators Photo Challenge on Instagram, or you can see them in the description of the podcast. I'll have links to all of them there. Yeah, I think you know if I not to like not like I have any. Uh, uh, not that I'm like good enough to offer advice, but I feel like the, the angles maybe could have been a little, a little bit better on that, but like the concept and the execution of that picture is just so good. Like there's I just a like, history in it. That yeah. The black and white, it just band aid and it's, it's awesome. I like, I like everything that that picture says. Um, and then the other one I chose was Joe Pierce maker and yeah. uh, it's just him planing. It's the, flattening a board. Yeah. Flattening a board. And it's just a, it's just a good picture. Uh, the other thing that's cool about this challenge is I finally know what some of you guys look like now, which, (laughs) um, but yeah. And I, you know, just a side note, I think I remember a while ago, Joe Pierce was talking about like logos and he was going to change his logo. I think he has like one of the best logos in the entire making thing. It is literally just says it's just a, a white circle and then like this awesome, like seventies block print. It just says Joe Pierce maker. I don't know why I, I like that thing so much. It's just so, I think it's refreshing compared to a lot of like the, you know, yes. saw blade and wood plane and like, you know, just like there's a lot of, there's a lot of the the stuff that gets used a lot and it's just nice seeing that. And it totally has, to me, it reminds me of like 
all the old coffee cups from like 1970. It just has like that nostalgic vibe to it. So, yeah. so keep your logo. Joe. Cool. What you got, Will? Awesome. Uh, so Frog Legs Crafts Work, uh, Craft Works. Uh, it was just an awesome photo of of him in an sh- extremely yeah. cluttered shop. Um, I love the reality work. of the shop because you never see that in pictures. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember what he was doing exactly. What was he? Uh, a, a draw knife. A draw knife. Yeah, I'm looking at it again. I'm gonna make sure that I. He's got the freezer in the background and the bench in the foreground and a shave horse in front of him, and it's just yeah. There's just sawdust every everywhere in and within three inches. <laughs> and there's a step stool like at his knee. Like it's yeah. He's at a shave uh, at his uh, shave horse with a draw knife, uh, and there's some motion blur in his hands uh so you can see the motion it was just a it was just cool it was just a really yeah. you know uh it's his garage doors behind him uh it was just a very real shot very cool very man at work uh type of the only of thing shot. that's missing is you can you can just tell right off to the left of the shop there's probably a car over there and he's yeah. working on half the garage and yeah it's just I, I yeah. love the reality of it yeah it's very cool he's got his headphones on he's listening to some tunes um and then the second one, I got it. Tommy Huffington, man. Oh, I know yeah. you're listening. You're in the, in the live chat right now. Dude, you're like my spirit animal. You are killing it lately. Uh, Tommy, uh, it was him doing some carving work on his mandocello. Uh, the lighting was is just on point. Uh, the focus, it, I mean, his, his actual focus, not the focus of the image. That was sharp, too. Um, but his focus on what he's doing, carving the scroll mm-hmm. and this mandocello, uh, just kudos, dude. Those are my two. Oh, and, and a, a, a shout out, um, a shout honorable out to mention. the Fieldstone honorable mention to Fieldstone Arts, the one that Zach was talking about. Uh, that was my long, long winded <laughs> two choices. James, who do you have? Uh, I have to also go with uh, uh, Frog Legs Craftworks. Um, he is the in the shop with the freezer in the background, just cluttered. There's just something about it. I mean, it. Picture-wise, it's not like the most polished, beautiful picture in the world, but it is the reality of it is just so it hits home, and it's something. It's like, yeah, I've been there. I know that, and it it, it grabs you. So I, I really, really like that one. Um, and I think my my second is uh, you can make this too. Um, what he has, I don't have that one in. Caleb, here. Uh, he's he's planning over. something. Oh yeah, yeah. He has the the plane on the bench, um, and I just had to give him a shout out uh, because, well, uh, you're our patron on Patreon, so you're one of our top patrons. So I think that automatically gives you a, a slightly better up in the the uh, the, the standing. <laughs> so if you support our show on Patreon, you might win the photo challenge. <laughs> uh. Cool. Uh, so I think that uh, gives it to Frog Legs Craftworks. Let's see his. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. All right, who's who's up for sending stuff? I don't remember. It's probably me. Yeah, it was the last uh, time. Was the well, that was. Yeah, last time I sent a shirt. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and frog legs. Uh, go ahead and message me on uh, Instagram or Facebook or uh, send me an email, and uh, I'll get you something, either a T-shirt or maybe something handmade in my shop or something. Uh, I. I'm not sure. I'll send you something cool, though. Sweet. Oh, hey, uh, Paul, do you have shirts? Oh, yeah, I have shirts on my website. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah one i'll get you one i'll send you one i'll, I'll send you one too when we do our hammer trade okay. yes I, I think it's i think it's paul's turn to send the prize isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well um i do we have a, a topic for next week or next time creators uh, let's let's wait let's give it a let's yeah. let's take a okay. it's holidays we need a we need to stretch this we'll out take a, a break bit. for it Sweet. Uh, well, we do have a, a joke of the week, and this was sent by Joel Foggerholt. Foggerholt? I'm sorry. Foggerholt, Foggerholt, yeah. European names. Um, and this is, is best said with a Russian accent. Oh, um, boy. So we got to hear James do an accent and read a bad joke? Oh, uh, <laughs> how can you tell that a, uh, how can you tell that a tool was made in Poland? Uh, by the Polish. Ah. Oh my god! Uh, that Everything worked. That's wrong with humor. I love it so well. And kudos, James. I thought you were going to totally butcher that, and then you you pulled it off. Excellent. That was awesome. Oh my god! Uh, if you have a joke you'd like to have us read, uh, feel free to send it one one of us, and it might uh, put it in there. So thank you, Joel, for that one. It was a really good one. Ooh, like I'm still uh, cringing at that. It was perfect. <laughs> that might be the best one we've ever had. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Uh, what are you watching or reading? Uh, Will, what you got? Uh, so this is in response to, uh, in one of the Facebook groups that I'm part of, um, people started talking about live edge furniture and some people in the comments said that it was lazy. Uh, working with live edge is lazy. And to which I rebutted um, this video from Kobiam Suk. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but he's a fantastic uh, Korean woodworker, furniture maker, um, gallery, and he's a TV stand. Uh, and the casework is all through dovetails, just impeccably done, like the, the just really tight, super nice uh, dovetails. And then the front has uh, a bunch of drawers, and the drawer faces are live edge, uh, have a live edge on them. So... Uh, it was just really, 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 really well done. Um, so that's that's my that's my pick. Uh, that's what I've been watching is Kobion Suk. Dovetails totally... really are the holy grail of woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> Not to a handful of person. I wonder if it's, it's like the, the, the yeah, like I don't know. I, w I wonder if it's going to shift. Uh, it hasn't it's in the last. Well, however many years since I've been be into dovetails woodworking, skewed. There was the, the the tool, the joint that you never showed. They were ugly looking and hidden as much as possible. Well, like ever since I've been like since I started getting into this stuff, and like you know, our woodworking is just like it's a big. I, I have to leave out all of my sexual um, uh, analogies, but it's it's a big it's a big uh, dovetail party on our woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's anything wrong with it but uh, so like in this cherry in the shaker dresser there's like a million and a half dovetails um because that's what the client wanted but uh in the top stretchers that hold the top of the case together um i went with half blind dovetails that will never be seen because they're hidden by the top but that was the best joinery choice yeah um for the for the joint so yeah i feel I, like like um Dovetails are to fine woodworking what like epoxy river tables are to what do you like furniture wood woodworking just like crafting <laughs> wood crafting there's like I don't, I, they, uh, have, they don't they don't really have a name for like non fine woodworking do they yeah. 
Well, the, the difference between those is that when a dovetail is done well, in other words, you can get up on it close and you can see the detail, not just that it's a tight dovetail, but that it's fit well, it's spaced well, it has that characteristic feel. Uh, the things that you can tell that you know a machine didn't just blow these out. There's yeah. something slightly different about it. When something is done well, you can tell that. With a river table, um, I mean, if it's a glass top, there's good fitting in that. But like an epoxy table, it, other than like bubbles in the epoxy, it's, it's you know. You know, I think everything has everything has like it's it's hyped. It's hyped up section, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, the well, I will say I will say that is it the houndstooth dovetails mm -hmm. that I don't ever see, but every time I do, I kind of I kind of dovetail I'm in the dovetail. What's that? The dovetail in the dovetail. Well, it's like where it's like scallop. Like they'll have like a long one and then like a short one, and they're oh, really yeah, yeah. just the proportions. Like those are awesome looking. Like I will totally like. I if if you if somebody does that like I'll I'll be all over that. I might have those coming up for a live here soon. Do it because they're cool. Cool. Well, uh, Paul, what you uh, watching, reading? What's inspiring you? Um, I'm I'm a terrible reader, so like I always watch stuff. But like I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to like Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm sure a lot of people have listened to that before. And like the Fighter and the Kid podcast, um, they're all kind of like friends, those guys. But like Joe Rogan's podcast, he always has a lot of very interesting guests on there. And I always learn a ton um, from all the guests. And he even has some makers on there every once in a while. Like I know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mareko Mamasi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he's, yeah um, he's, he's in Connecticut, um, actually, not too far away from me. And he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I thought that was really cool uh, to see him on there. So that's like my main go-to source for entertainment sweet hmm. look that Very cool. uh zach what are you watching reading listening uh so i i remember stumbling across this guy's site like a year ago uh black bear forge oh yeah he's good yeah, yeah and, and i saw like i remember hearing something about it i found it like a year ago and he didn't really have much up and i was like yeah okay whatever and then somehow i stumbled across it like recently and i'm like oh my god this guy's been busy and yeah he's uh, been cranking out videos yeah and they're they're just so it's it's kind of like lately every morning i just try and watch like one of his videos even if it's on something i have no intention on doing because i just it's just very simple it's like relaxing i'll have my coffee and i'll sit down and i'll just watch like a 20 30 minute video and i'm like oh that's mm -hmm. how hinges are made i have no I don't plan on making hinges anytime soon, but at least like after watching that, I have an idea of how I would make them. So there's just, it's, it's one of those shows that you can, or not shows. It feels like a show. It's very like, mm -hmm. has that kind of relaxing documentary vibe and there's just a lot of good information. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's he made been, my, uh, been nice. one of my axes and my hold fast and my ads. Oh, really? oh, cool. And my, I think my fro, yeah, my fro came from him too. Oh, cool. Wow. Really cool. Yeah, I've learned a lot from him over the years of watching his video, actually over the past year. <laughs> hey, yeah, he makes I, some of the best holdfasts. I love his, his leaf design. Simple and beautiful. Yeah, those are cool. Before I forget, uh, Paul, um, uh-oh. <laughs> I totally just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you, I'll list mine, and you think about what you're thinking about. Oh, my wow. God. 
I have to, uh, uh, I have to say there's this new channel that I came across recently on YouTube that is just absolutely cool. Um, he made this DIY, um, press forging press that was just absolutely cool um guy by the name of paul pinto um <laughs> you got to check out his channel but really really good so yeah i've been watching his stuff recently <laughs> do you remember what it was no i i don't what happened to me i don't know <laughs> so guys uh unfortunately i'm gonna have to run off here in a minute i've got an appointment uh, uh with the clients that delivering the, the dresser okay. to. Well, why don't you talk uh, about your favorite tool of the week and then we run. Okay. Um, so my favorite tool of the week is uh, Watco Danish oil. Um, it is just a stupid easy finish to apply. You wipe it on, you wipe it off. Uh, it's not bulletproof. It's not, um, you know, I wouldn't probably use it for something like a tabletop. Um, but for this dresser, that's what the client wanted. So it was kind of nice to take that decision out of my hands out of my head you know so i didn't have to hem and haw and what i was going to finish it with and all this stuff they just said yeah we want watco on it and i was like awesome um so that's my tool of the week is watco danish oil sweet uh, and with that guys i'll see everyone see next week uh thank you paul for coming on and thank uh, you for having me yeah man and uh you know maybe you can do my outro for me <laughs> 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 see you guys cool later, see you later. Well, what you got zach what's your favorite tool uh, so I recently, I just ordered a granite surface plate from Amazon. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to use it for, but I know I'm going to use it a lot. Like I don't have, I didn't buy it for anything, but I know mm -hmm. having it, I'll use it for stuff. So it's way bigger and way heavier than I expected. I got the, um, where is 18 it? 18 by 12. Something like that, yeah. And it's actually like 18 and a half by 12 by three inches high. And it's heavy enough to smash the crap out of your fingers if you don't move them out of the way <laughs> fast enough. I mean, it's probably like 80 pounds at least. Uh, so if we get a hurricane, I'm hiding underneath of it. It's on top of my workbench. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the I don't, like I said, I know... It's like an incredibly precisely flat surface. Half a ten thousandth. Nice. So I still don't know exactly what I'm going to use it for. I mean, I don't really flatten a lot of planes anymore. I mean, oh, you can use it for like uh, finding the center of the blade. In yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah. You need like a, one of those height gauges that, that rests on it that you could adjust the height and you could scribe like the center of a, of a blade. If you put mm -hmm. like, uh, what's that stuff Alex Steele always uses? Um, blue dicum. Yeah, you put yeah, that yeah. on a knife. Yeah, he uses a surface plate a lot when he's like finding the center of a blade to grind in the bevels. That's like a. Yeah. I need to get one because I just got that Bridgeport mill. Oh um, yeah, and I'm starting to get some machining tools. So, but let me know how you like yours. It's it's. I mean, it's it's just a big flat. Yeah, it's just punk. a big flat block. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it. Cool. I think it was like a hundred bucks or something from Amazon. So oh, that's not it's, bad. And, it, and it's for what I'm doing. It's definitely way bigger than I, I thought. It was like two inches thick or something. It's it's huge. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shan Rogers actually just posted one of a granite uh, bench top. Uh, it was twelve inch thick, eight oh foot God. long, three foot wide, within half a ten thousandth. What? Jeez. Like what? How much that? I don't even. Know. <laughs> I don't know. It must have been like ten thousand dollars. 
That's incredible. Yeah, seriously cool. Cool. What, what what you got, Paul? What's your favorite? Um, probably the the newest thing I got was my oxyacetylene torch, which like I've never used one before, but it's fantastic. Like I can now I could see like ways I could use it all the time in the shop. And it's really like fascinating, like just watching it work and like figure like I, I watched some videos on, on how they work and you're really like rusting away the metal. Like you're not melting it. Like when you turn that oxygen on, it's really just oxidizing it away. And I even heard that once you get the torch going um, and you, you could actually turn the acetylene off, like once you're cutting, you could turn the acetylene off and just cut with the oxygen. It's, it's pretty bizarre. I didn't, I've had one forever and I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I never tried it, but I heard that really once you start to cut the oxygen, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But once you start to cut, the oxygen is what's doing all of the cutting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is totally an invaluable tool. If you oh, definitely. One. Like it, even if you're not, even if it's not blacksmithing, like I've had one for my fab work and mm -hmm. you just, you just need to have one. Um, especially for forging though, like isolated heat and there's just, so oh, yeah. things that you, you, just, you just have a, it, it's, it's amazing. You get like a rosebud tip too. You know, I things. actually have, I have a, uh, like a rosebud and I have mm -hmm. a cutting torch and all these things. I like, I think it's, I can't remember. I'm probably way off, but it might be like a number six. Mm -hmm. It's like a really small, like brazing torch. Oh, like the little welding, like yeah, tips. It's just like a big yeah. tube, like smaller, narrower than a straw. Uh -huh. And uh, that's the one I have on there almost all the time. It's just, really? yeah. I mean, I, I rarely, I mean, most of the time I'm working on stuff that's less than a half inch thick. Yeah, know, so even it's if really it precise. Yeah, so it's it saves a lot of gas. And mm -hmm. uh, I've had the same tank of acetylene for probably two years, and I've never oh, changed really? it. Oh, really? And it's not You've even never a big changed tank. it? Wow. It's like, it's like hip height, maybe. Yeah, that's like what I have. Yeah. I've never changed it. So it's very, very efficient. Um, that's yeah, cool. the, the small little brazing torches. Give it a shot. See what you think. It's yeah. It's I'm going great to for most of what I do. Sweet. Well, I think I have to um, shoot for the glue bot. Um, it's when I first got it, I thought it was something that was kind of uh, gimmicky. Yeah, who needs an actual bottle for glue as opposed to just you know an old mustard bottle or something of that nature? Uh, but it's now like the go-to thing in my shop because you can glue upwards with it, and no matter which direction you're pouring, it's a great control. Um, very easy to clean out and reuse. And I've had um, two of them now for almost three years and they're still great glue bottles. I just keep filling them up. So I yeah, just threw mine away yesterday and I need to get another one. What happened? It, it just, it had a good life. It had a good, but hard life. And uh, it's, it's what's wrong with it. One. It just, it got so crusty and like got knocked oh, over. The, and broke. the like, best I just, you can fix all the crusty by just soaking it in water for an hour or so. I'll just order another one. There, all the glue melts off. Yeah, I guess they're only like you know six, seven bucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we have talked for well over an hour today. So uh, thank you all one. for listening. This is a, a good one, and a huge thank you to uh, Paul for joining us. If you'd like to see his stuff, I have links to that in the description of the podcast. But you can find him at uh, Paul Pinto on YouTube. Yeah. And or, uh, do you have a? Do you have any other place you? Um, um, I have a website, uh, paulpintoblacksmithing.com. 
Um, and my Instagram's Paul Pinto one one two four. That's pretty much it. Yeah, my YouTube. Sweet. Yeah, or, order a shirt from him or a hammer, yeah, or, an hammer. or something. But <laughs> but definitely a shirt. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it, and sorry for the uh, the technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, no worries. We're Dogs and no Wi-Fi. By technical difficulties, so <laughs> we're veterans. Cool. Well, a uh, huge thank you. And uh, I do want to say a thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Thanks for supporting the channel and helping us uh, grow. So I think that'll about do it. And until next time, have a wonderful day. See you later.